Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. How's your weekend, guys? Good, man. It was chill. It was actually nice to kind of have some downtime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty chill. Same. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was in Dallas. I did a course there for an extreme performance. So right out Farmer's Branch is the area it's called just north of Dallas. So it's pretty cool. Great facility. I think about 30,000 square feet. So massive. That's a ridiculous yeah, size. A really big space. Didn't think it, I didn't know it was that big. I walked in, I was like, oh, damn, this place is huge. Really well run, some great coaches. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the uh, Dallas area, Farmer's Branch, check this place out. It's I think you'll uh, find it's it's a good place. It's a great facility. If I lived there, I, I would work out at this place. For sure. Yeah, they got okay. all sorts of little tools, pretty much everything you're looking for, mm-hmm. all in that one spot. Okay. So that's a nice spot. Nice spot. Yes. Sounds nice. So one of the things we want to talk today about is internal rotation of the hips, mm-hmm. right? And what is it? Why do we need it? What are the pros and cons of having it or not having access to it, right? Yeah. Like when people are working out generally, they don't think about the function of their joints, right? Mm-hmm. They just do the exercise, do the task. Hip rotation itself is extremely important, right? Yeah. So just getting up and down off the floor is going to require a lot of hip rotation, mm-hmm. especially internal hip rotation as you're placing your knees and certain, you know, your limbs in certain positions. So is that something you guys intentionally train when you're training? For me, yeah. My, my So to be frank, my internal hip rotation sucks. Oh, <laughs> really? It's so bad comparative to like, my, I'm a, and I think it's probably just joint structure. Maybe it could have been due to sports. But I just do a lot better with external rotation than I do with mm-hmm. internal rotation. Oh. I feel like that's the majority of a lot of people, yeah. to be honest. I'd a lot so. of people tend to have a bigger discrepancy between mm-hmm. their internal and external rotation in terms of how much range they should have versus how much they actually do. But it is something I do incorporate in the training. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. To me, it's far more important than external rotation. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. By far. Yeah. Okay. And, and we lose it a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to be able to produce power... Not just produce power, but also decelerate, mm-hmm. you know, to keep your other joints safe. Like you want to have good internal rotation. Well, I think for me personally, finding out about internal rotation was when you introduced me to climbing. And so, you know, in the climbing world, we internally rotate. We call that a little drop knee. You're turning that knee inside towards your midline. And that was one of the first times where I was like cramping up and you're like, oh my God, you're like, what is that? You're like, ah, you know, and Neil's all like, well, you got to, you're loading internal rotation. You're obviously not used to it and your body responded accordingly. Right. Yes. And so that's the eye opening moment where you're like, oh, I need to work on this yeah. a little bit yeah. more. Well, cause when you're on skates, you're playing hockey, mm-hmm. like when you load up, like your foot's not necessarily anchored into the ground. No. Whereas in, in golf. Your foot's anchored into the ground. So if you don't have internal rotation, you know, the stress it puts down the chain, down to the knee or up the chain to the lower back is pretty heavy. Yeah. So that's why it was always a big importance to, to train that, you know, motion. And a lot of it was trained just through activity. So you said maybe in, you know, injury histories, things like that, structure. Yeah. Is it more because in your squatting position, you're driving external rotation a lot more and that's something you do a lot more of? I think so. But even with my squat and my squat technique, I noticed that if my internal rotation is super tight that day, my squats suck. Mm. And so even from a positional standpoint, even in the deeper part of a squat, internal rotation is extremely important mm-hmm. because that dictates, for one, how deep into a squat you can get. Yeah. Even more so than external rotation, surprisingly, 
but at least that, that's, that's what I found when working with people and myself, yeah. but that missing leak of internal rotation and strength in that regard, or even just capacity mm -hmm. limits how well I can do on my squats. So for me, I, I think I lack it. I've, I've, been, I've been lacking it because I never addressed it for so long. I didn't mm -hmm. know about it up until yeah. Yeah. shit, five, six years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so when I started to learn about it more, that's when I was like, okay, well, let me start to train it. And when I did, my movement got a lot better. Like yeah. I didn't nearly have as many flare-ups on my back or anything like that, just because I had the prerequisites to work with certain movement types. Did you find any strength gains from it? Yeah. Yeah. So when I first started actually doing sick mobility, because you guys do a lot of internal yeah. exercise, yeah. wow. strengthening the hips in both aspects is what got my strength gains to be better because my technique was better, which allowed me to work with that particular yeah. exercise a little bit more frequently and also more efficiently. So as a result of that, my numbers kind of went up. But so for me, I noticed a strength increase. Yeah. Well, if you think about um, external rotation, right? Mm -hmm. your, your glutes are an external rotator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you can load internal rotation better, you can access more external, external rotation. rotation. Yeah. yeah. So that makes a lot of sense there. And so that's a problem a lot of people. They can't use their basically their strongest muscle in their body, which is their glutes, mm -hmm. to produce power because they can't load internally. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you can't access internal rotation, you can't express rotational power as well. Yeah. 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 Your potentiation is, is, is limited. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's yeah. the big thing. And I think that's something we can let people know is you, you got to be able to increase your potentiation. And mm -hmm. so if you have lack of internal rotation, that's a big result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And absolutely. that's a big consequence of that. Right. So what's one of your favorite ways to, to train internal rotation? Here we go. Oh, there you go. There you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like a love hate thing with the ninety ninety. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the first thing my mind went to. It, that is something that you know, because you can you can regress it to a bench if you have to mm -hmm. for a lot of people. But man, that thing it's it's brutal. It's hard. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. really hard. It looks easy, but it's not. It's always challenging for me. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, it is. Um, it's cramp city. Yeah, yeah, it is. But out of that position, and there's so many variations we can do. We can load it. Mm -hmm. You can try to hover the back leg, you know, really good. Mm -hmm. You can, you can like put the, weight on the angle. Yeah. I know. Oh. You know, we can do partner drills out of there. Mm -hmm. But then you're also working some external rotation on the other leg, so you get a benefit for, for that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that one of your favorite positions? 90-90s. 90-90s. Uh, man. Same, same love-hate relationship. Yeah. It's really good. It's, it's straightforward. I can, again, you can load it. You can manipulate different mm -hmm. things about it. I find that when the more often I do it, the better I get at it. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's one of those things like you were saying earlier. Like, it goes away kind of fast. It can because even yes. even within yes. like a like mm -hmm. if 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 I'm not doing like let's say I don't do 1990s for like two weeks, it's like whoa shit I lost that much already. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of surprising how quick that goes mm -hmm. and how much we need to actually train it and load it in order to kind of keep it. Yeah. That I say that happened to me when I stopped climbing for, yeah. mm -hmm. for a long stretch. Basically, what six months before the pandemic or so, you know, I didn't climb. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then throughout the whole pandemic, I didn't climb at all. Yeah, yeah. and my ninety ninety got worse because I wasn't exposed to all these positions all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, because when we were filming the level two, yeah, you, you know, that's something you brought up. You're yeah, like, oh, it's getting these <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You were cramping up left and right. Like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't take long, and I think 
Sometimes it's a frustrating part. You're like, mm-hmm. damn it. How did I? Yeah, you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Especially when you've been working at it for a while. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, it's been about yeah. two, three months. It's getting good. You miss a few weeks. You miss a month or whatever. Then it's just like, like, am I starting from square one again? Yeah, it almost feels like yeah. that. It almost mm-hmm. feels like that. You know, it's and so, but even in the shin box position, you know, where we decrease that angle mm-hmm. to keep the hips a little bit tighter and closer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes for a lot of people, that's a hard position to get into. Yeah. We see that mostly in indust- people that live in industrialized countries where, mm-hmm. you know, we have co- creature comforts, right? We're used to sitting in nice, comfortable chairs and things. That 90-90 floor-based position, shin box floor-based position, just is hard to achieve. Yeah. We see the old people try to get into it, and then they fall, they cramp, and then they fall off to the side, right? Yeah. They just cannot sit there in that position. Where you go to other areas where you know they're more floor-based or they sit on the floor a lot off, more often – and people there are like, this is a working position. Like, we're here pretty frequently. Like, this is a common place for them. Yeah. Even if you look at, like, how kids sit. Kids sit in different positions oh, all the time. All and day. they're just sitting there, and it's super casual. Yeah. But if you had an adult do that, they're like, yeah, no way, man. I'm not no. doing that. It's just mm-hmm. we don't have that same exposure to different stimulus and positions that yeah. allow us to get better and a little bit more versatile with our movement patterns overall. So what are your favorite, though? Oh, dude, it's 90-90. Yeah, it's 90-90. I mean, it it just is. I love loading it. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. I, You know, but it's something you definitely need to wait a long time to load first. Yes. Because people have to understand how to support the torso, Mm -hmm. right? And that's a big thing. You can get into the position, but is your torso off your hips? Yeah. Or is it on top of your hips? And so that's one of the very first things we got to get people comfortable with is, Getting the torso to stay on top of the hips yeah. and not holding your breath. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. breath work is really important mm-hmm. when you're getting somebody used to that position. They've got to be able to be comfortable. They have to look like they belong in that position, mm-hmm. control the rib position mm-hmm. in that position. And that's where the cramps take place usually is in yeah, that position. Because with the 99, you're trying to target the hips and not the QL. Yeah. You yeah. get this big side lane and then you start loading it all of a sudden. Your QL oblique is like, oh, and but your hips aren't doing the doing the, the major work. part of the work yeah. like they should right? be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. So when you're in that position, we want the legs, we want that drive into the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And then alternating between pulling the floor apart and then closing the floor together to get that scissoring effect to hit those regressive and progressive tissues. Mm-hmm. The lift off is what I hate. Yeah. I hate the lift off. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, and, and and for people out there that see people doing this, it, it, don't think it's not hard for us. It, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's not fun. It's not, oh, this is great. You know, we have that same love-hate relationship. Yeah. It's just we understand the benefits of, of having that available to us. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the lift-off is, for me, oh, yeah, I mean, you're cramping. Yeah. Even just, if you don't lift place. off, you just you know think about lifting off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. initiate that yeah. neurological connection, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start the action yeah. of it. And like you said, especially if it's been a couple of weeks since you've done it, mm-hmm. you're right back to square yeah. one again. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn it, oh, I was just getting over this. I'm amazed at some people's tissue quality that they and joint oh, quality yeah. that they can yeah. get that. Like Chad? Yeah, bro. Ooh. Like Chad Rayner can get that leg up there yeah. in internal rotation. You're like, dude, that's filthy. Man. Yeah. That's filthy. Yeah. It looks like crap city. Like, as soon as he starts, I'm just like, yo, 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's impressive to see that kind of stuff. It's not normal. It's not what we normally see. Well, like Joachim Hilderstadt. There's another guy, right? Uh, Joachim, uh, he's you know, someone I follow on Instagram. Dude's got ridiculous skills. Mm-hmm. But you see him, same thing. Internal rotation, boop, that leg mm-hmm. comes up and... You're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you know. But there's a guy that can literally body weight squat on the tops of his feet, right? And he makes it look like, and he'll come off the ground mm-hmm. and he'll just hover that position at ninety at ninety degrees. So here he's loading the tops of the feet, and he just pushes the feet into the floor and he just levitates up and he just he'll sit there and hold that's it great. and that's hang great. out. Now, that's his mad skills, yeah. right? That's a lot of practice. A yeah. lot of practice. Yeah, that's a ton yeah. of practice. Yeah. Like we were talking about last episode was patience right Mm -hmm. and the journey and think about how long that takes we we'll see someone like that go oh my god but then we forget of how many how long he's been doing this for Mm -hmm. and how long it took him to get to be able to even do that right and so you know i was talking to uh coach monica bolt who she assisted this weekend in dallas Mm -hmm. and we were talking about that and i was like yeah i I like loading the top of my feet i can get there i can load the tops of my feet but i need some assistance like i'm using sticks or you know, I'm holding on to like a, a plyo box or something to kind of deload that just to yeah. get comfortable with holding that position. Yeah. But to sit there and watch this guy just hover that position is just sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're like, wow. But yeah, the internal hip rotation is is a massively important thing. It's not for everybody though. You've got to find ways to regress it because if somebody's got some jacked up knees, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. taking that person, and we teach that in our course, right? If you've got some client that's got some really screwed up knees, mm-hmm. Putting them on the ground and that even that shin box can be a lot too much torque on your knee. So then we got to find ways to get that person to kind of access more internal rotation, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we go about doing that if someone's got some messed up knees? Well, we could do it from uh, supine position, right? Right. That's just what I was thinking. Jam sticks into the wall, you know, create some tension, and then do our basically our our stick taps, Mm -hmm. right? There's one way to do it, or you do it from like the quadruped position. Mm-hmm. yeah that's and a great way there's a ton of ways to do it but any basically any ways that don't put a ton of pressure the supine's really good supine's yeah. probably the safest supine's yeah. really yeah. good yeah. The, the spine is stabilized from yeah. the floor you know you can use the sticks push them into the wall and then the leaky hip the leaky butt syndrome doesn't kick in either because yeah. you've neutralized that right mm-hmm. so where they may be trying to you know the body senses from a vertical position mm-hmm. I don't have internal rotation so i'm going to let your ground hip start to sway and move and give you that range of motion Mm -hmm. we take them to the floor we eliminate that Mm -hmm. cheap methodology right there so that's a great one yeah coach monica actually had she did the group x class to start day two Mm -hmm. she did for the strength phase she actually had people doing a hollow out against the wall with the sticks and doing Mm -hmm. internal and external stick taps while they hold the hollow out position and i was like oh that's spicy. I like that. I was like, that's a nice one. So that was really creative, great imagination, but nutri- getting that core activation, stabilize everything, and then see where the internal external hip rotation actually is. Yeah, absolutely. So I really did like it. Liking. Uh, I'll have to put that up on the coach's page there and dev- and show that. But uh, maybe that one goes on Instagram too because that's yeah. a really good one. Well, what are some – cons of not having internal rotation what do we lose if we don't have internal hip rotation well now you're talking about how well just even from just straight up from a stability point you're not going to have as good a stabilization in hips as you possibly can mm-hmm. particularly for like anything a single leg so mm-hmm. even if like 
walking up a flight of stairs. There is a stabilization factor yeah. to how well you can stabilize that internal rotation, especially if you're going into like a deep hip flexion type of position. Yeah. I feel that's where it kind of manifests a lot more. That's where people start getting into a low back yes. or the QL kind of kicking on because they don't have the proper tissues that are supposed to be stabilizing the hip in a way where it can move efficiently. Mm. So just from that point. Yeah. I mean, just basic gait pattern. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because the hip rotators are stabilizers first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, same as the shoulder rotators are stabilizers first. I think that's something that a lot of people don't think of. They're just all like, well, I need to increase just the rotational ability. Well, first of all, let's see if those rotators can help stabilize the pelvis, help stabilize the arm and the shoulder girdle. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first things we want to think of. But yeah, gate pattern is a big one. Going up the stairs is a big one. Even going down the stairs is a big one. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have, as they get older and they lose that, then that's usually one of the biggest issues that you hear about from older clients is having trouble going up the stairs and down mm -hmm. the stairs. And, it, and once that kicks in, then there's that mental aspect that they don't want to go up and down the stairs anymore right yeah. you know you hear people as they get older they and they, let's say they want to move mm -hmm. into a new house or something what's one of the things they think about stairs how many stairs mm -hmm. are you right and so we want to build a resilient enough human being that that's not an issue yeah they're like ah yeah. oh, bring on the stairs yeah freaking yeah i love that shit but the other aspect too is getting up and off the floor because mm, if, regardless of whatever position you're in, there is a position of internal rotation yeah. at one point or another. So if someone were to lay on the ground, lay on your back, turn over and get up off the floor in whatever capacity you're going to be in, you're going to be in internal rota rotated hip mm -hmm. position. So yeah. if you can't even get to that position, now you put in another block for you doing something that's honestly extremely simple, but something that we kind of lose as we get older. Yeah. Let's say somebody gets to the floor, they're on their back. Mm -hmm. And you ask them to sit up, or you ask them to get up, I should say. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go ahead and stand on up. Do you watch to see if they do a sit-up or if they do a roll pattern, which would actually give them a little bit more of that internal rotation? Yeah, both. both. Yeah. I see, see if what, what they do. What's their first? I want to see how they get yeah. up, right? Mm -hmm. And I find that most people try to do a straight sit-up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's for me. I think most people try to do a sit-up more than they, they roll. I have to coax them or tell them about rolling mm -hmm. to help get up. That's just my experience. Yeah. You find that more people tend to roll? I think the people that I've worked on worked on it with tend to roll because they're just not strong enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they roll over yeah, and yeah. Then they find a way that they can kind of push themselves up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'll usually see the whole leg momentum. Oh, they'll yeah. Roll they pull yeah. the legs yeah, up and then they'll swing them down <laughs> and create that nice little pendulum motion, that yeah, little momentum. Yeah. But either way, that's what they're usually doing. And I'm like, well... Therein lies the reason why you might be experiencing the issues that you experience because you're yeah. not understanding that the easiest way to get up off the floor is rolling. Mm -hmm. You know, just roll to yeah, your side. Strong position. Strong position, mm -hmm. and then get up from there. But, yeah. you know, so when you got somebody that's just trying to jerk themselves up to that sit-up position, then they're like, yeah, I chronically have bad back issues. You're like, mm, I think why. we may see the reason why you have that. Let's. Let's show you a more a safer, more efficient way of getting up and up off the floor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we probably lose it as we get older. Well, you know, part of it because tissues change, yeah. but also, you know, at some point we just stop doing activities on the ground. 
True. That's a big part of it. Yeah, you're right. I think that's a big part of it because we taught we tell adults to get on the floor and they look at you like you're odd. Yeah. Yeah. But it is the safest place to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you think about it, old the older you get, the more in theory, then the more comfortable and the more time you actually should spend on the floor because mm-hmm. it is a safe place. If you do fall over, you're already on the ground. Yeah. How much your your torso is going to fall over? Great. Okay. No big deal. You're not going to trip and fall where you have a much greater impact, right? So yeah, the floor-based exercises, mm-hmm. as we get older, should actually be going up, not down mm-hmm. in that thought process. Yeah, I wonder, it probably starts with school, man, because that's when you're, you start sit, uh, sitting down for a really, really long period of time. True. Throughout yeah, the day. True. Yeah, long periods of time, right? Mm-hmm. We're just locked into those seats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comfortable or not, that's just where we're at. Just boom, 90 degrees, lock it in, and don't move for long periods of time. Yeah. Uh, but athletes, from an if we're talking not just general population standpoint, but from an athletic standpoint, mm-hmm. change of direction mm-hmm. is really huge based off of just internal yeah. rotation, yes. right? Absolutely. If you're moving any kind of lateral, particularly laterally, yeah. I feel like if someone has a bad internal rotation or their inter- internal rotation is as good, their lateral movements significantly suffer, I feel mm-hmm. like, in terms of like, so one of my clients, he plays tennis recreation. Okay. And so one of the things we work on besides the flex strength is this internal hip rotation. Yeah. Just because he's like, oh, well, I don't feel like I move as fluently. Then when I look at his internal rotation, it's not there as much. So I'm like, all right, well, let's first increase this so we can increase your capability. Then we can start adding in these other drills that now your body can become a little bit more accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because every time he cuts and loads, he's got to get into the internal hip rotation mm-hmm. and pop back out of it. I think one of the things that for me to really emphasize for vertical and trying to work on internal hip rotation is the whole foot in the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to start there because you do see some people try to go into internal rotation and the foot's not really driving that internal rotation. Mm-hmm. It's not secure to the floor where it's really controlling the ground forces and, cr- and controlling that torque up the chain. Mm-hmm. You kind of just see them kind of flopping in and out of that internal rotation. Yeah. So I try to make people mindful of, no, you got to really – stomp that ground and twist it and turn it to really re-emphasize massive control or the, ma- or the maximal control that we're looking for in that internal rotation. Yeah. And one drill I use sometimes is for people just, just to be a little more explosive is um, wall throws. And then mm-hmm. what what I notice is that what people tend to do is they don't move their feet. No, they keep they them glued. They always keep their feet forward and they just kind of rotate. And I'm like, okay, that's good. But I'm like, if you're trying to get actual power, mm-hmm. you have to like really load that outer hip and drop that hip in, which is internal hip rotation. So that's one way I actually load people up a little bit to a small degree. Yeah. At least with working with power generation from internal rotation. Yeah. Most because what you're talking about is everywhere they're trying to generate it. They're trying to muscle the throw versus using the hips to make the throw more efficient. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so, but we know if you're trying to muscle the throw, you're putting a lot more torque on the lumbar spine mm-hmm. as you're trying to muscle that throw. But that happens most of the time, I would yeah. say. And that's actually now I'm thinking about that's double internal hip rotation. Yeah. My yeah. fault. Yeah. So you're internally rotating that outer hip, but also you're loading internal rotation eccentrically on that inner hip. Yeah. So, yeah. So you got both going, right? Yeah. Yep. And so that's so and I love using the sticks to help support the person's upper body as they push it into the wall and then try to understand what we're talking about through the hips as they're driving through into that internal rotation. Yeah. One of the things that years ago with the CrossFit games, when they had the old anvil 
or they would use the sledgehammer to move the anvil yeah. down the line. Man, you would see so many of those athletes absolutely not using their hips to create that force output to hit the anvil. Mm -hmm. It was just all upper body just swinging. And I'm like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. you got to be kidding me. Like, it's just efficiency. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then you would have two or three that you would see loading up and then, boom, driving through the hips. Yeah. And every year, those same people would be winning the same, that segment, because they you'd see the anvil move significantly farther. Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. chopping a tree down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like chopping a tree down. So, and so when people have low back issues and they say, well, I play tennis. I've been having some low back issues. One of the first things I look at is, okay, well, let's see your swing. Mm -hmm. Are the hips doing anything or is it just all upper body dominant on your tennis swing yeah and that can explain a lot so yeah we want to bring that internal external we want to get that internal drive through the hips yeah that's the air the helicopter is one of my favorite drills for really teaching people how to load that internal hip yeah yeah right that's a biggie because that's a tough one for a lot of people is loading that internal hip it's funny on the helicopter i have an easier time loading the internal hip than i do the external mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that external is hard for me to hold. Like, I can get there. Yeah. But it's a strong, like, it's like, oh, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Huh. Yeah. But when I go internal, uh, I can hang out there yeah. all day. It's kind of weird. Okay. But well, yet on the 90-90 and the liftoffs, I hate it. <laughs> which is, <laughs> that's uh, what you would think. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I hate that. Hate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, with like a lunge or split squat, if you really, really want to load your glute, you basically... Take your your hip, your right hip. Let's just say your left leg's forward. Mm -hmm. You take your right hip and you drive it forward. So you create a little bit of pelvic internal rotation, mm -hmm. and now you can load that left glute way more mm -hmm. than you yeah. previously could. Mm -hmm. So how would you? So when you're telling somebody to do that, are you just cueing them to push that right hip forward a little bit more in that yeah, case? Yeah, you know what I might do is I might have them take the stick, have them place it right across their hip line, okay, and just say, all right, if their left leg's forward. Hey, I want you to to keep the stick touching your hips, uh -huh. and I want you to rotate the right side of the stick forward or the left side of the stick backwards. Push through that, right? right? So they're going to go this way, and then they can hold that position if it's just an ISO hold, mm -hmm. or they can they can hold that position while they're moving through the motion too. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Or if someone's stepping for a lunge, they can reach forward with that opposite hand, and it'll drive their hip into internal rotation, typically, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. if they have that range. Hmm. That's one thing I feel like I noticed, too, is like with at least with split squats or lunges, people will tend to tend to default out mm -hmm. with their back leg. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Like we see it yeah. often, right? Where it's yeah. like you look at someone's back leg or back hip and their hips defaulting externally. Yes. But it's hardly ever really forward or even kind of internally yeah. going forward. So maybe that's a really good way to kind of reteach people to okay, well, let's slowly load you into this position and yeah. then maybe see how that goes over time. Yeah, because I think, you know, people go, I don't feel my glutes at all. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to feel this. And it's like, well, you're, your hips are stuck in external rotation right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why. So you need to be able to load it into internal, mm -hmm. and then you can do it. Sometimes you take two sticks, you put them in that position, and then you, you use another stick or a foam roller as a little feedback on that mm -hmm. back leg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. you just put that there on the inside aspect of that knee, and you say, okay, give a little bit of push into that roller or the stick. Mm -hmm. And then that person's like, oh, you get yeah. that immediate reaction. You're like, that's what I'm looking for right there, right? Yeah. Now we're strengthening that internal rotation on that back hip. 
So that's just another little external cue that you can wow. give people. Mm -hmm. Just change the change the constraints of the task. That's it. Yeah. Simply yeah. put, mm -hmm. right? I love that from Dr. Rob Gray. Just constraints. Mm -hmm. Change the constraints and see what takes place. Yeah. All right. And let people understand how to learn, to get them to learn how to adapt to the drill task or exercise that you're asking them to do, right? Versus just seeing and see how they do it, right? Because mm -hmm. one leg is going to be significantly better at it than the other, because that's the other thing too. Yeah. You have them switch sides. One leg is going to be able to drive internal rotation a lot better than the other. Yes. And it's a lot of it's due just off of daily things that, right? Getting in and out of the car requires <laughs> internal hip rotation. Yes. But you're always going to to one left. side, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Right? Europeans, on the other hand, if I'm in England, I'm doing it from the other side. Yeah. Right? And some people only drive a car. Yes. They don't sit in the passenger side, which would then change the parameters, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in and out of your car five, six times a day, you internally rotated that right hip 12, let's say you do it 10 times, you, you are five times in and out of the car, you've done it 10 times. Yeah. You've loaded it, you've pushed off on it, you've put, you've loaded it going in. Mm -hmm. That's that's way more function and skill and capacity on one hip than you have on the other. Yeah. And that does translate over to when you start to go do other things. Your brain knows that. Mm -hmm. Your brain's all okay. I'm gonna do this because this is natural to me, and the other doing it the other way is not. It's not very efficient, and it's not. It's not optimal for me. Yeah, the same thing. Like uh, this, like in professions, okay. like like if a dental assistant, they're sitting on a certain side of the table, so they're only ever rotating. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. Side. side, yeah. So the rotation gets really, really good on that side. Yep. But the other side, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, well, like I can't really rotate that well. Like, yeah, because you don't, because you don't ever rotate through that side. So now your body was like. Well, we don't need this anymore, so we're going to kind of get rid of the skill for now. Mm -hmm. But it's just those minor day-to-day -day loads is what kind of drives a lot of those asymmetries. I feel like. Yeah, and it's usually just these micro loads too. Yeah, you know, it's small. Yeah, it's, it's not heavy. Small. Like I was talking to you guys just a little while ago. Like when I reach for my seatbelt, I internally rotate my left shoulder and I just reach back and grab the seatbelt. Mm -hmm. But I think most people reach across the, with their right arm and just grab the seatbelt and pull yeah, it across. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Or well, some I, people externally, you externally, also you externally rotate, grab it. I'm not to think about it now. Yeah. So you externally rotate. Typically, I'm externally rotating. Every once in a while, I'll be here, but really? mostly this. <laughs> mostly this. Oh, interesting. So I'm just getting here. I, I, I just thought about that just a few weeks ago. I was like, man, I always do this. Mm. I can't remember. I don't think I've ever, re <laughs> I literally cannot recall ever reaching across my body to grab my seatbelt. It seems foreign. It, it feels seems cool. weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, it feels weird. Yeah. But that's because... Do I do that? No, I think I just... Oh, you just external, external like, rotate? Yeah. You go external rotation. Yeah. Because that was the other thing I was thinking of. I was like, yeah. do more people actually rotate and just grab it and then pull it over? Yeah. I think so. Because the only time I actually don't externally rotate is for some odd reason, I can't get to a good enough position. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. shit. All right. Then I'll internally rotate. <laughs> but, but naturally, I'm externally rotating. Huh. I'm going to start biting it. Start finding weird ways to be able to grab the seatbelt, man. Grabbing your seatbelt, the new mobility yeah, drill. Right, change, change it up, right? Yeah. I man, I bet you if I went to externally rotate to grab the seatbelt, I'd, I'd cramp. I'd be like, oh, no. you see me like, oh, 
oh, crap. <laughs> people in the car next to me would like, yeah. oh, 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 crap. It's sick. like if you want to you test your hip strength, you know, and hip control, you start driving with your knee. Hey, that is that is yeah. harder than people. It is hard. Oh, it is hard. It is hard. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Not that easy. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't, don't recommend that. that. But for people that have, they yeah. can. Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. easy. It's not easy. Yeah, like you're driving the hips and you're moving. Yeah, that's a big one. Man, <laughs> that's funny shit. But yeah, just everyday common stuff that we just we habitually we get or habitual we get into a pattern and that's what we do. And it's that buildup over time. It's just, duh, 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 duh. but we, it's like you said, it's very submaximal. So we don't really think about it as a strength component, so to speak, yeah. right? In many ways, but it is. Mm-hmm. But I think it also shows you how doing submaximal work every single day uh, can make mm-hmm. a big change, change over a period of time. Yes. Over time. So right. looking at it the other way, where it's like, hey, let's go do these 9090s or stick taps every single day for three minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah can yeah. make a big impact over the course of five years. Yeah. Right. For people that can get into a shin box or 9090, yeah. we recommend in the course, we say, hey, just spend a minute a day on each side. One minute. Yeah. That's it. It's two minutes yes. of your time. Yeah. Two minutes, 20 seconds if you change sides. Yeah. Right? Okay. So there you <laughs> yeah. go. But it's still under three minutes. Yeah. If you're telling me that you don't have three minutes to spare, uh, then you're just yeah. putting up walls. Yeah, yeah. Like you're just intentionally not wanting to do it. But yeah, you, you got yeah. two minutes. You yeah. can do a minute on each side over a period of time. You're gonna be like, I easy. own yeah. this easy. shit. Well, at yeah. the very least, you're gonna maintain that for a long time. Exactly. Yes. At least stay status quo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, you should see some decent improvement. Yeah. To the point where you're like, oh yeah, I own this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the point where you actually start to like it. Yeah. Right? Oddly enough, right? Mm-hmm. We hated it first. First time I got put in the 9090, I was like, what in the yeah. Why would you do this to me? I was like, why the f would I do this to myself yeah. voluntarily? Right. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you know, but now you're like, all right. Yeah. Right. I, can, I can deal with it. Yeah. You're like, now I love loading it, right? Yeah. You get 9090, you get those 9090 get ups, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, give me some kettlebells, D balls, slugs, whatever it is. Man, love it, right? Mm-hmm. For. When I'm going to take a long flight, that's a that is an automatic drill that I do. Yeah, yeah. Like within the within 12 hours of going on the airplane, boom! Mm-hmm. It's just and then when I get to the hotel, I get on the floor and I do those again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I love switching, going, coming out of it, and then wrapping my other leg around that was internally rotated and moving it to that externally rotated position. Mm-hmm. Then you take the external hip and swivel it out so it's back into the internal, mm-hmm. and then you just keep switching, alternate, and you yeah, a little bit of flow, yeah. and you yeah. get some locomotion. Yes, yeah. So maybe you gotta be on the right surface, of course, because right. it can you know. But for me, with the turf, it you know, nice long turf, it's not a big deal. So yeah, I'll do it on the turf. I'll do about twenty feet mm-hmm. and just get those hips fired up, and then you work on that up and down motion, eccentric, concentric phase of that drill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think for me, it's a it's a staple to make sure that I'm nice and loo- uh, like solid and mobile before I'm about to sit on that plane for a while. Yeah. And I think one of the other big benefits of um, having internal rotation is knee health. Yeah, yeah. it's a big yeah. one. Because your knee has to be able to understand how to deal with the transmission of stress. Yeah. And that's a big one. Is that, and people just think of just extension flexion. Mm-hmm. But they don't think of that knee is responsible for, it's the conduit 
mm-hmm. of stress between the lower you know ankle complex and the hip complex yeah right and if you don't have good internal rotation your your knee gets jacked up mm-hmm. meniscus yeah. pays a price for that right mm-hmm. well that's why i like to see people with like knee pain when they're squatting check the internal rotation it's typically pretty significant on one side versus the other fix that knee pain tends to go away mm-hmm. outside of this controlling the joint it's that aspect of what it does performance is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. There's now you're talking about pain avoidance or injury avoidance over the long haul versus the short term thing. Like you're talking about cutting, you know, if you can't internally rotate and you're cutting really hard, then you get way more stress on the knee. Mm-hmm. 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 When you were saying, you know, if somebody experiences the pain, then they kind of, they tend to avoid the movement altogether, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of they need a coach or someone that can say, look, at some point you're losing control of that movement. Yes. It's not the movement. It's the loss of neuromuscular control of that movement. So let's try to figure out where you're losing that control, mm-hmm. right? And then give them that ability to understand, okay, I need to start to own this, not just avoid it. And I think that's a big issue is people just go, oh, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't like doing what they're not good at. It's not as fun. It, 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 it's, it's not it's, as fun. It's an avoidance. Thing. And I think that's the problem with a lot of training is training for most people is just doing what they're good at. Yes. And that's not training if you really think about it. Training is to, you know, you, you go to practice as an athlete, not to work on all the shit that you're already good at. Mm-hmm. You go to practice to work on the things that you need to improve. Yeah. Right. And so training, in essence, needs to be the same way. You're, you're trying to get better at things that you're not good at. Yeah. And that's where, and then that carries over and really improves everything that you're already great at. Yes, absolutely. So if we're talking about internal rotation, one of the things that kind of, I think, has been villainized for a long time is that vulgus knee activation, right? Yeah. But we know that if your deep front line starts at the arches and, and uses your adductors as a key part of that, then vulgus knee... There's nothing wrong with it. It's kind of been villainized a little too much. Well, if you look at like Olympic lifters, for mm-hmm. example, Olympic lifters are in like, they, you'll see them purposely kind of rebound uh, out of that super deep like catch position mm-hmm. with a little bit of a knee collapse or that addu- activation of their adductors before they're coming out of the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you should see theoretically a shit ton of medial knee injuries mm-hmm. or meniscus injuries. But you don't that often. So I think the problem is it's become not safe because maybe people have gotten hurt going into those positions, but these are people who didn't have the proper tissue quality that they needed in order to load those positions. So it's more so like how much are you able to train those particular positions with certain loads to to get your body to be much more resilient kind of going forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, hey, you start your squat training with with knee vulgus squats. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, definitely yeah, not. No. Like first, let's get the hips trained well, squat, mm-hmm. but just do it progressively. But Olympic, mm-hmm. I mean, with Olympic lifting, it's typically it's it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But you start with the right loads, like you said, mm-hmm. and then just it'll over time. Every Olympic lifter does it. Yeah, if you, even if you look at them in a, in a bottom position, they're an internal hip mm-hmm. rotation deep. Even yeah. when their knee, oh, yeah. knees aren't like that, there is that valgus collapse. Yeah. They're deep in internal hip rotation. So they have access to that movement pattern, mm-hmm. but they've also loaded it over time. So you have people who have trained it to where them getting in and out of that position is no longer it's a problem. Deal. 
Well, I think the key word that we've labeled it is vulgus collapse. Yeah. And the key word is collapse. Collapse means uncontrolled. Yeah. Something tipped over too much and it collapsed, right? It was unsupported. Yeah. So vulgus knee, as long as supported, Mm -hmm. you're good. And I think that's the part that people have to start to understand. Mm -hmm. Yes. We don't want vulgus collapse because that means we know you weren't controlling that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you have vulgus knee... You're controlling that range of motion. Yeah. You're controlling it, and that's fine. So as long as you know what's taking place, you're good. Yeah. I mean, if you look at just about every single jump shot ever made in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? It always starts with that little knee volume. Yeah. Every time. And they own that, it helps, right? it helps them kind of load and propel themselves up yeah. in an efficient way. Yeah. Goalies in ice hockey. Mm-hmm. That's vulgus knee all day. You drop down a butterfly. You li- you literally sit in vulgus knee. Mm-hmm. When you're in that ready position, you're already in that vulgus knee position. You spend most of your game in that vulgus knee position. Mm-hmm. So it's not the movement itself. It's your whether you have the whether you're prepared for it mm-hmm. and whether you have control of the motion is the most important part of the movement. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of like, where, where's the stress mm-hmm. yeah. when that happens, right? Is it all in the knee? If it's all in the knee, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad, if right? Something yeah. bad is going to happen. Yeah. But if it's in the foot or in the hips, like, hey, you're probably okay because yeah. you disperse the force as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, the, the connective tissue at the knee doesn't have to take undue stress mm-hmm. that it's just not ready for. So, yeah, if you're training somebody, you want to let them know that it's okay. You know, as long as that's why typically for me, I'm always looking at the feet. If someone does go into vulgus knee, I want to make sure that the feet are still in control of the movement. Yeah. If I see vulgus knee and I see the feet are not doing anything, well, then I know, okay, that's we need to lock that in a little bit better Mm -hmm. down there. And then they should feel the immediate benefit of that stress all the way up the chain once they understand, okay, how are my feet distributing the weight and dealing with that ground force all the way up the chain? Yeah. Well, that shows you the importance of understanding why you want to train internal hip rotation and that vulgus knee, as long as you're controlling it, it's okay. So until next episode, be good to each other. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and whatever platform you're on, either Apple, iTunes or Spotify, please, if you could leave a review, we'd appreciate that. If you have any questions that we can answer for you, be sure to leave those in the comments also. If you're looking for more information on our education, our products, please go to www.stickmobility.com. And also hit that subscribe button to that YouTube channel. And don't forget our live Instagram classes three times a week. If you want to join in, grab your sticks and hit that 45 minute class. Yes.